You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. Our GOAT BYU quarterback bracket rolls on. The first round of voting is over in the McMahon Regional, as we're calling it. We'll tell you what the results of that poll are. We'll get you ready for the Robbie Bosco Regional and talk about those four players who are vying to move on in the bracket. And we'll also get to your questions. It's a hashtag Twitter Tuesday answering your guys' questions on today's podcast. We'll also get to some comments that Devontae Henry Cole made to Jay Drew in the Deseret News earlier this week as well. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. We are proud to be part of America's number one daily podcast network, and that is the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. With that rundown out of the way, let's get it started. This is Locked On Cougars for March 24th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to join us on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, the Locked On Cougars podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome on in. Thanks for joining us. You can download the show on any podcast provider you choose. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the Google Play Store. Anywhere and everywhere a podcast can be listened to, you can find us here. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, don't uh, don't hesitate to interact with the show via social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are active on all three of those social media networks. You can find us at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free anytime you want to v- drop in a note via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address if you want to drop us a note via email. All right, starting off today's show, it is a Twitter Tuesday. We'll get to your questions here in just a minute, but we're going to talk about our GOAT uh, BYU quarterback bracket that we've been started off yesterday with the voting. Uh, Today, finish up the first round of voting, and we're going to talk about the results of the McMahon Regional, as I'm terming it. I'm kind of going by the first seed in each one of these opposite ends of the bracket and those are big, that's what we're going to call the regional so the McMahon bracket we had number one seed Jim McMahon taking on number four seed Tanner Mangum and number two seed Steve Sarkeesian taking on number three seed Taysom Hill uh, I think in one of those matchups it's not surprising that Jim McMahon has won with 96% of the vote not all that surprising so the number one seed moves on in a route and not all that surprising but we have our first upset of this bracket and it comes in the form of Taysom Hill beating Steve Sarkeesian head-to-head 55% to 45%. Uh, I would call that a mild upset. Obviously, Taysom Hill probably benefits from some recency bias, I feel like. Uh, our good friend uh, Dodger Jazz Coogs actually tweeted at the show about this and actually sounded off saying that, I love Taysom, but you, you, but you that voted for him realize that Sark won us a Cotton Bowl and is arguably one of the top five teams in BYU history, if not number one. Well, that's a great point there from Dodger Jazz Coogs on Twitter, and there is that argument to be made. A 14-1 season, the first 
first team in college football history to win 14 games in a season. It's been done a couple of times in the last few years now that you have conference championship games, the college football playoff, etc. But BYU did this in an era where you didn't have a playoff. They they won 14 games in 1996. Had they not yacked it up against Washington, we're talking about a potential 15-0 and team, a team that in my mind, if you're 15-0, and it'd be hard to take BYU out of the national championship picture that year but alas they finished number five in the country if I'm not mistaken after that win over Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl one of the more phenomenal seasons but Taysom Hill he wins and moves on so the number three seed moves on will face off against number one seed Jim McMahon in the McMahon regional I guess the elite eight matchup there Uh, we'll break that down for you as we get closer to that voting but the next round of voting begins today and we move on to the to the Bosco regional Robbie Bosco the number one seed in this side of the bracket. He'll be facing off against number four seed Kevin Federick, a standout player in the late 1990s for BYU. Uh, They'll face off, and then the 2-3 matchup in this side of the bracket is number two seed John Beck, facing off against number three seed Gifford Nilsson, now a LDS General Authority, a General Authority for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The Mormon Rifle himself from Provo Provo High School. Should be some interesting matchups there. So you guys can vote on this. You can go on our Twitter feed at uh, Locked On Cougars. That's where I'll put up the poll. I'll make sure to tweet it out on my personal Twitter feed as well. We've also put it up on Facebook. You can check that out there if you'd like to weigh in on the voting on this. But we have our first two uh, athletes, two quarterbacks from the BYU ranks moving on here in the poll. And I think this is going to be fun. A lot of people were interacting with this yesterday. Uh, Natalie C. Gordon saying, you're making me choose between my children, I feel like essentially and I, I get that Natalie and I get your kind of your sentiment on this because it's it's tough to make decisions about your favorite quarterbacks honestly I get it because you're looking at guys like Steve Sarkeesian to me I grew up in the 1990s and that 1996 BYU team will forever be ingrained in my memory as one of the greatest if not the greatest BYU football team I have seen with my own eyes I was not alive for 1984 I can lay claim to a national championship if you'd like but I never saw that team play I saw the 1996 team play, and they were absolutely phenomenal. So a lot of fun playing around with this bracket, and hopefully you guys will interact with it. Like I said, go on social media and make sure you guys weigh in with that. A couple other people weighing in on this. uh, David West weighing in, saying that Taysom Hill doesn't need an offensive line to win. Play breaks down. He takes off for 20 yards. And that's not a bad argument there in in favor of Taysom Hill. Natalie C. Gordon, she said uh, she was worried about having to pick between uh, Max, Max Hall and Steve Young in the next round. I understand that. And I said, hey, you have to make a tough decision. And she sent a GIF back of of Max Hall during the game, the win over Oklahoma in 2009, where he's saying, we're going to win this game as he runs off the field at halftime. So some fun times. I'm excited for this. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the bracket as much as I'm enjoying bringing it to you guys. And hopefully you'll interact with the show as well. So the next round of voting will begin. I'll get those polls up here shortly. You guys can start weighing in on that. We'll talk about the results of the Bosco Regional tomorrow. And then we'll move on. We'll continue on with voting until we wrap up the first round. And then we'll go into the Elite Eight. So the voting, as I kind of laid out yesterday on the podcast today, the Bosco Regional take will take place. Tomorrow, the Detmer Regional will take place. And then we'll wrap things up with the Young Regional. Speaking of Steve Young, the number one seeds get the regional named after them in this bracket. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it and weighing in with your thoughts. Feel free to tweet at us, drop us a note via email, whatever you need to do to let us know your thoughts on this bracket. And I had a couple of people actually interact with this and say, you could have done like a 32 quarterback bracket. I could have, but 
it would have just made things all the more complicated. I felt like these 16 players, these 16 BYU quarterbacks, represented the elite of the elite in terms of BYU basketball, not BYU basketball, BYU football history, and we're having some fun with that. So thanks again for interacting with the show. We'll have a lot of fun with that. All right, we'll switch gears a little bit. We're going to answer your questions. You guys are going to program the show today. It is a hashtag Twitter Tuesday. We'll get to your questions here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast is really simple to do and you don't have to lift so much as a finger to do it a lot of you are kind of adopting to work from home life i have the privilege of actually still being able to go out to the studio here at vivint smart home arena in salt lake city utah to do my show that i work on in my day job as well as record this podcast but a lot of you are getting used to work from home life maybe you're not driving around as much and maybe you were listening to that to this podcast when you're on your commute well you can still do that and all you gotta do is use your smart device and tell it play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast and we'll be right there with you guys keeping you entertained to get you through your work day at home uh, giving you a little bit of a respite from everything else going on in life earthquakes here along the Wasatch Front the COVID-19 pandemic globally there's a lot going on in the world and we want to be a good a uh, uh, positive uplifting part of your day so once again tell your smart device play the latest episode of the locked on cougars podcast and we'll be right there with you guys keeping you up to date on everything you need to know about byu sports and as well as the insider information that you cannot find anywhere else and by extension making this making you the smartest byu fan in the room it is hashtag Twitter Tuesday right here on Locked on Cougars. We're going to get to your guys' questions, answering your questions regarding BYU sports. And these don't have to necessarily be about just about BYU sports during this time frame where we don't really have sports going on. I'm happy to answer any questions you got. Things about life, philosophy, whatever you got, send them on in. But today's questions mainly focused on BYU sports, but we did have one that's off the beaten trail that we'll get to here in just a minute. We'll start off with Bojo244's uh, question. He is, his name on Twitter is Jingles. He says, do you think this coronavirus situation is going to greatly impact the 2020 college football season? If so, how? It's a great question, Jingles, and that's the thing about it. I look at this, and right now, my concern about the college football season is not about in terms of the calendar of when this pandemic is supposed to die down and we can get back to quote-unquote regular normal life. We can get back to social interacting closer than six feet, all that different stuff going on. My concern is is the fact that uh, spring football has essentially uh, been I'd get I'd reckon that up to half at least of college football programs didn't even get a spring practice. BYU was a little bit beneficial. They got six of their practices in. You're allotted 15 during the spring practice period. And also players aren't currently on campus working out day in and day out with strength coaches at campuses across the country. So my bigger concern is not necessarily about the fact that the time frame is, well, it looks like it should be back. It's about the lack of training these student athletes have had going into this 2020 season. It will affect players on the field if these guys aren't in top physical condition. They're going to need, need an extended uh, fall camp potentially to really get themselves back into shape and hopefully uh, not affect the 2020 season too much. If the pandemic does not die down like experts are saying it should in the next few months, well, then we're absolutely looking to maybe at a postponement of the start of the season for college football, and that would that would be awful. Honestly, that would be awful to see the college football season affected by this pandemic. 
you guys all can do your part, obviously, with the social distancing going on. Make sure you stay home if at all possible. Uh, keep your contacts with people outside your immediate family limited. It's just that type of thing. I know it's, it sucks because it does. I'm very much a people person, and you can ask my wife. I've been going stir crazy when I'm at the house and stuck inside all day. But go outside, take some walks, etc. But do keep your distance from each other, and hopefully we can knock down this pandemic and get back to having sports back in our lives and we can have a college football season that begins on time. So Jingles, to answer your question, my concern is not necessarily about the time frame of when this pandemic is supposed to die down. My concern is more about the lack of off-season training that's going on with these student-athletes. They're supposed to be working out on their own, but we're talking about young men who they're girl crazy, they're, they like to have fun, they're kind of in the prime of their lives. So I'm not. I'm guessing, this is just my guess, is that not all 123 members of the BYU football program right now are working out nonstop and preparing for the 2020 season. I'd like to be wrong about that, and I think by and large the majority of them are working out. But there's only so much you can do individually versus having the team uh, collective together with the strength coach doing specific exercises, getting you ready for a football season. So it will be interesting to see how things shake out here with this pandemic, the time frame of when other sports return, as well as how it might affect college football as well. But thanks for the question, Jingles. All right, let's move on here to some other questions coming in. Uh, this one comes in from Cougar Badger, uh, and she asks, who do you think is the best, who's, which grad transfer does BYU have the best chance at landing? Well, that's a great question because it's so weird to track grad transfers. Uh, just as a programming note for you guys, I guess this is a tease. I'm expected to, expecting to speak with Isaiah White, the UVU grad transfer who played for Mark Pope at UVU and recently put his name in the NCAA transfer portal. Expecting to catch up with him today, hopefully, and we'll have that on tomorrow's podcast if everything goes according to plan. But at some point this week, hoping to have a conversation with him here on the podcast. And my honest opinion is going off that cougar badger she's at go cougs is the twitter handle she's got uh is the name on her twitter handle excuse me I would think that Isaiah White probably is the is the favored choice here just because of his familiarity with the BYU staff already, having played in their system at UVU. He knows at least three of the coaches on BYU staff, speaking of Chris Burgess, Cody Fuger, as well as Mark Pope. So my money is on Isaiah White being the favorite, but there are plenty of other targets out there, some guys from Pitt and the like that UVU is, that BYU has been on for a longer period of, period of time relatively, and that could bear out that they ultimately land one of those another grad transfer, but my money right now is on Isaiah White. Uh, similarly, uh, Garrett, as SF Garrett weighs in, he says, as it stands, what do you think BYU's starting lineup looks like next season? Which position is most likely to be filled via grad transfer? Well, if BYU lands a kid like Isaiah White Garrett, he is going to be penciled in as a starter, probably on the wing for BYU, playing kind of that three spot. The guys like Jake Toulson uh, field at times last year, Connor Harding, Zach Selyus. He can play that three or four. BYU can play small, but next year they don't have the they don't have to play small. They can play big as well. The lineup versatility next year, I think, is going to be very beneficial for the Cougars. But the way I see it right now, and this is kind of my night one starting lineup for BYU basketball come November if everything is on track, similar to what we just talked about with college football. 
But I'm looking at BYU basketball during the 2020-2021 season. Game one, I expect that Alex Barcelo will be your starting point guard. I think Connor Harding will be your starting two guard. The starting three man, if they land him, would be Isaiah White, and he would fill that quote-unquote starting position filled by grad transfer that you're asking about, Garrett. And then at the four and five spots, here's the interesting part about this. I do wonder how BYU is going to see things because you have a kid like a Gavin Baxter who gave up a year of eligibility to come back and then had a season cut short. Uh, it, it sucks for him because they're not apparently going to re- grant uh, eligibility relief to winter sport athletes, which would include the basketball program. So right now, the way it stands, I see that Wyatt Lowell is starting at the four spot for BYU in 2020-2021. And at that five spot, I think it's going to depend. If BYU needs a big lineup, it's going to be Richard Harward starting at the five spot. But if they feel like they can get by with a more athletic option, the starter is going to be Gavin Baxter. The the nice part is, is there are four or five guys in the front court next year for BYU where this year they were, what, two, maybe three guys at most in the front court. That's the benefit of BYU next year is the position flexibility they have within that team. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. So like I said, Alex Barcelo, Connor Harding, uh, Isaiah White, if they land him, if Isaiah White is not there, I could see a guy like Trevin Nell starting for BYU next year. And in the front court, I'm going to go with Wyatt Lowell and Richard Harward as your starting five for BYU on night one of the 2020-2021 season. That's not going to be a permanent starting five, in my opinion. And I I'm guarantee I'm probably mixed up on a guy or two just because... That's I'm not on the inside. I'm not I'm not watching practices every day. It'll be these coaches who ultimately make that decision. All right, one final thing for you guys is Chad Clough, and he sent this in and says, What do you think of the hashtag the video? Okay, Chad, I had to go look this up. I had to look through your Twitter feed and once I found it, it was great. Uh, Alaskan Utah Benji, uh, he is a BYU fan living up in the Great White North in Alaska. And he and some friends on Twitter, I saw guys like Staircase Wit on there, Few Goats, some Utes and Cougars coming together to sing Country Roads by John Denver. And I have to say, bravo, y'all. That was a ton of fun. I quite enjoyed it. Well, you know what? I'm going to put this in post-prod. Let's let you hear it. We're going to play this right now. Here is the hashtag, the video from some of your favorite Ute and Cougar follows on Twitter. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Life is old there, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, blowing like a breeze. Country road, take me home. To the place where I belong. West Virginia, mountain mama, take me home. Country roads. All my memories gather round her. Miner's lady, stranger to blue water. Dark and dusty, painted on the sky, misty taste of moonshine, teardrops in my eyes. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, mountain mama, take me home country roads 
There you go. Chad Clough, Benji, Alaska, Utah, uh, Fugo, Staircase Wit. I know I'm missing a number of guys who are part of that video, but I have to say, some of you sing better than others. <laughs> Let's put it that way, but still a lot of fun. Well done to you guys. I thought it was a good video, and well done to you guys for putting that together and being able to piece it all together. I think that's a pretty cool thing. I know you guys are playing off the parody, uh, doing a parody of what happened earlier this week with some of the uh, national, I guess, influencers when they were singing a song earlier this week, but I thought you guys did a great job. So, Chad, the video... I quite enjoyed it. So thanks again for weighing in uh, with that and sending that in to me. I, I was, it was cool to see that, and that was a lot of fun. All right, come up here in just a second. We're talking about some of the comments that Devontae Henry Cole, the grad transfer running back joining the BYU football program for this upcoming fall, made to Jay Drew in the Deseret News. Before we get to that, a request for you guys, if you guys don't mind doing this, leaving us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider really does help us out, get the word out about this podcast. Those five-star reviews, particularly, on Apple Podcasts really help us build the audience. They help us find BYU fans and conversely, BYU fans find us. So if you don't mind taking but a moment, leave us that five-star review and also a sentence or two, what you like about the podcast. Really do appreciate you guys taking the time to do that in advance. All right, y'all, we'll wrap up today's podcast with some comments that Devontae Henry Cole made to the Deseret News, his first public comments about his transfer from the University of Utah to BYU. He is joining the BYU football program and projected as probably BYU starting running back, barring something unforeseen happening. And interesting comments here, let's put it that way. Uh, You look at it, and uh, Jay Drew did a good job with this story. Uh, He talked about the fact, quote, I haven't got my BYU gear yet. I've only gotten the over there a couple of times. I still wear my Utah gear and I am still a Utah man. Henry Cole stole the Deseret News. Kind of interesting to hear him talk about that. He says, I have been there for four years. I have nothing against Utah. I am still going to rep the red when I am at Utah. When I am at BYU, I am going to rep the blue. That is a man for every season. I think it's a very uh, good way to go about it. Now, here's the interesting comments from this. and you, I'll, I'll link this story in the show notes. You guys can go read it if you haven't done so already. But Devontae Henry Cole, speaking of the U- University of Utah coaching staff regarding his transfer, said, quote, they were upset when I told them that I wanted to leave and all that stuff. They are, there are great coaches over there. There's nothing wrong with Utah. I love all their coaches. I love their staff. I love Coach Whittingham and all the coaches and everything. I just thought it was best for me to leave. He says he added later, the last couple of years I just wasn't happy, so I think it was best for me to transfer. I did my four years. I've been a team player. It is my senior year, so I wanted to do what is best for me this coming year. I think it is best for me to just move on. I think that's a I, I I can understand that. He wants an opportunity to play a bigger role. He only had one carry in Utah's bowl game against uh, against Texas. He dropped a touchdown pass in that game. That's an aside, but he only had one carry in that. And then added one more thing to this, uh, stoking the fire a little bit here. Quote, from what I've heard, they are still pretty mad that I am leaving and everything, but I will see them again September 3rd. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, there you go. Interesting to hear Devontae Henry Cole uh, with a little bit of fire there. Speaking of the University of Utah coaching staff, I think he's going to be a welcome addition to the BYU football program. He's played at a high level for the University of Utah. 
He's got the ability, I feel like, to be at least a part of a rotation at running back for BYU. I do worry about his ability to hold up as, I guess, the every down back. He's five foot eight, 195 pounds. Uh, not the biggest back in the world, but Henry Cole, he's got legit ability, has breakaway speed, has the ability to get through holes very quickly. So there is talent to be uh, used, utilized by the BYU football program in the form of a kid like Devontae Henry Cole. He'll be pursuing a graduate transfer at BYU after graduating this spring in sociology from the University of Utah. And I'm... I, Frankly, I just I feel like this is a big opportunity for him to go show what he can do. If the University of Utah coaching staff is as upset as they as, as he says they are, well, that only adds a little more of the rivalry element to the September 3rd opener between BYU and Utah at Rice Eccles Stadium. Uh, that's of course barring the football season isn't postponed, etc. But I, it's going to be interesting. I man. Interesting to hear him talk about that. So I, I will link this story in the BY, in my show notes here, but great stuff from Jay Drew, a great scoop from him to get Devontae Henry Cole on the record to talk about his transfer to BYU. But very interesting to hear him talk about the fact that he feels like the University of Utah is the coaching staff, I guess in particular, and maybe some members of the football program are upset at him as at departing from the program. But he also says that uh, the one other reason he joined BYU is, quote, one, I am LDS. He was baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by two return missionaries in Britain, Covey and Chase Hansen, while up at the University of Utah. Uh, he says, so just being around the people that are the same religion as me was a plus. He says, Aaron Roderick used to be one of my coaches at Utah, and he's a great coach. I played for him one year and learned that. Second, I just went on my official visit, and I loved everything about it and knew it would be a good fit that weekend I committed, speaking of his official visit in January. So I think this is a great addition for BYU to get a kid like Devontae Henry Cole. He understands the dynamic of BYU, having played against them for four years, having lived in Utah, a native of Boca Raton, Florida. He's from far away, but he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I think he'll be bringing everything he's got and bringing everything he's got to muster into that September 3rd matchup against Utah. It was very interesting to hear him talk about that. So there you go. Uh, some comments from Devontae Henry Cole on his, his decision to join the BYU football program as a graduate transfer. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. Thanks again for supporting us. Make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on whichever podcast provider you're listening to this podcast on. And also don't feel and don't hesitate to reach out with your comments, concerns, questions, whatever you got. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow the show at Locked on Cougars. You'll be able to vote on the Brasco bracket here shortly. You can get your votes in and hopefully help your favorite quarterback advance in our our quarterback goat bracket of all time right here on Locked On Cougars. Feel free to drop in a note via email as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the address there. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Tuesday. Of course, we'll be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports, and we will talk to you soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 24th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow.